This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Night in, night out, it never changes. Stock ovens, set tables, beat our ingredients into putrid submission. Light candles, set mood. But it's worthwhile, it's always worthwhile, when your silhouette darkens our doorway, intrepid listener. Welcome. It seems that when you look back, there's always something you did in your youth that you realize now was stupid. You know better, but at the time you were thoughtless and did not consider the implications. Maybe it was something reckless, or just something embarrassing, but every so often you think about it and quietly reprimand yourself. What was going through my head? Tonight's play is an innocuous enough tale about unforeseen consequences of our innocent acts. To the young men within, the act they perform does not seem like a bad idea, but they can scarcely comprehend what they'll find. worst thing I've ever done in my life happened when I was a 16-year-old kid living in Cleveland, Ohio. It was early fall when the leaves were just starting to turn orange and the temperatures were beginning to fall, hinting at the freezing chill that was only a few months away. School had just started, but it had been going on for about a month now, so all the excitement of going back and reuniting with old friends had been replaced by the realization that We were captives in a place that only wanted to load work upon us. Understandably, me and my friends were all eager to do anything that might remind us of the worry-free, responsibility-free days of summer. Anyway, school had been going on for about a month, and we were already sick of it. We were hanging out one Saturday in the field, which was really an easement for the electric company to run their high-voltage lines. It was a warm day for October, but the light gray of the sky was slowly getting darker, and in Cleveland, in October, that probably meant before long, the temperatures would drop from a comfortable 70 to about 50 in the course of a few minutes. If we were really unlucky, an ice-cold rain would start to fall. The air was already damp and heavy, and we could hear the quiet buzzing of the high-tension wires above us. A few of us were sitting on the metal beams at the bottom of the towers, My friend Mike was climbing up the second tier so he could jump the eight or ten feet to the ground. Oh, oh, that really killed my feet. You say that every single time you land. Quit being a dumbass and cut it out if you don't want to hurt yourself. What, you got any better suggestions? Well, the sky's starting to look threatening. Maybe we should head to Dan's and play video games. What do you think, Dan? Sounds like a plan to me. And, of course, Mike does it again. Hey, Vince, 
why don't we make ourselves pass out before we go? <laughs> oh, yeah. We haven't done that in ages. Yeah, sure. Who wants to go first? What the hell are you guys talking about? Holy crap, you haven't been knocked out before? No. Dude, you've got to try this. We were doing this all summer. I was at my mom's all summer, remember? Then we'll show you. Richard, Vince, you guys want to give me a hand? Yeah, man, I'll catch you. So first, Dan takes ten deep breaths, and on ten, he's going to shut his eyes tight, hold his breath, and cross his arms over his heart. Then one of us will squeeze him from behind in a bear hug until he blacks out, and catches him on the way down. Ready, Dan? Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, what'd you see? What'd what'd you dream? Ow! Shit, did you let me fall? My head hurts. (laughs) Vince didn't catch you well enough. You bastard. I trusted you. Uh, Sorry. But what'd you see, though? I saw a lobster in a lobster cage. I was underwater with it, and it, it was pinching Vince's stupid head in its claws. Hey, I said I was sorry. So what just happened? It's fucking awesome, Mike. You only pass out for, like, a couple seconds, but it feels like a lot longer when you're under, and you have these really lucid dreams. It's kind of like a poor man's LSD, only without the drugs. Yeah, it's cool. You want to give it a shot? Are you kidding? That seems stupid. You're probably killing, like, a million brain cells each time. Says the dumbass shattering his ankles every time he jumps off the tower. (sighs) Whatever. I don't trust any of you guys enough to do that to me. Come on, man. You gotta try it. It's no more dangerous than what you're doing now, and I won't let you fall like this douche did. You're one to hold grudges, Dan. Yeah, and the back of my head is killing me, thank you very much. But seriously, Mike, you gotta try this at least once. Fine. Okay, we'll do it once, but then we're doing something else, okay? Definitely. Okay, come here, and we'll get this started. Mike repeated the ten deep breaths with me and Richard to make sure he didn't fall. He held his breath. I helped him pass out and slip into other place. When I think back on all the things I wish I'd done differently in my teenage years, all the girls I wish I'd tried for, the classes I should have tried harder in, all the things I should and shouldn't have done, putting him in that bear hug and squeezing him into unconsciousness is the thing I regret the most. I felt the dead weight shift from his feet onto my chest, He was a pretty big guy, but I made sure to let him down easy and not knock his head against the hard-packed earth. It's been more than a couple seconds. Uh, do you think he's okay? Fuck! Fuck! No! Get! Whoa! Get away! Get on! Get on! Jesus Christ, Mike. Are are you alright? Shit. Holy shit. Shit. What the hell did you see? Wait. Guys, give him some space. He's shaking pretty bad. I don't know, Dan. We never had nightmares when we did this. It was always cool. Right. So what What the fuck went wrong this time? Hang on. Hey. Mike. <gasps> Dude, it's me. Mike. It's me. It's over. I can't. I... Okay. Okay. What happened, Mike? Aw, oh, damn it. I knew this would happen. We better go before it gets worse. Mike, we'll get you home, okay? Don't worry about it. Come on, Mike. 
none of us said anything. We just coaxed Mike home in the rain and went our separate ways after that. I told Vince I was just going to go home and see him tomorrow. We always spent the evenings and rainy days playing Mortal Kombat on our SNES, and he didn't object. I think he probably wanted some time alone to reflect on the horrible thing we'd just done to our friend, just like I did. The next day I went to see how Mike was doing, but he and his dad were gone the whole day. I asked him later where he went, but he wouldn't tell me. I think it must have been to a psychiatrist, because by Tuesday, the next time I saw him, he seemed to be better, if a little zoned out. I figure he got some drugs to calm his nerves, but that's just a guess. I never really found out. Over the next few days, the four of us would hang out, and while Mike was quiet, he didn't say anything about what happened. We just talked about stupid, unimportant stuff. Girls we liked. Classes at school we hated. I wish we'd said something to him now, though. I don't know if it would have really helped. We had no idea what we were facing, and to this day I still have no clue. But we avoided the subject of what happened that Saturday, and the practice of passing out in general like it was the plague. I know we all felt bad even if we weren't sure what happened. It was one of those cases where we were burning to know, but didn't want to ask. It wasn't until the following Saturday that he said anything related to what was happening to him. Mike and I were walking down the quiet street of our neighborhood toward the wooden footbridge that crosses the creek that runs between the houses separating the developments into two halves. I was going on and on about the things like the oblivious kid that I was, and Mike just stared at the ground with his hands in his pockets. So what if Jenny's a grade above me? Doesn't mean she has to give me the cold shoulder, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's so hot, and for some reason she's still single. If she would just give me a chance, and wouldn't let stupid shit like grade levels get in the way, I bet I could make her really happy. not going to be around much longer. Huh? They're coming again. Tonight. I don't think I'm going to be able to keep them out this time. Hey, what are you talking about? The hands. The voices. What hands? At night, the... I look at the tree outside my window. It, it goes black. And, and then the hands. Hun- hundreds of hands. Just pushing against the window. And what do you do? I push back. All night. I'm tired. I, I I can't keep them out anymore. I they the voices are telling me I I, I have to let them in. These, these these little kid voices. These these little kid hands. You don't believe me, do you? Mike, you're freaking me out a bit. Dan, no, Dan, no no one else does either. But they'll come again. And this time though. Is that what you saw in the field last week? When you passed out? Hey, uh, tell, tell Vince he can have my Super Nintendo. Uh, he doesn't have one, and you know, his mom's not gonna buy him one, so... You know, Richard can have my CDs. I know you guys don't really like rap, but... He does. But, Mike...
Yeah, hello? Hey, Vince. There you are, Danny boy. What happened? I thought we were going to hang out today. Sorry, man. It's just... Something came up with Mike. I'm kind of worried about him. Dude, he's he's going through a phase. I get it. But he'll snap out of it sooner or later. Vince, if you had heard him today, you wouldn't think so. He was talking about some pretty scary shit. Something about hands, kid hands. I don't know. It just doesn't sit easy with me. You mean this is what he saw last week when he passed out? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Listen, I'm going to call Mike and see if he'll let me sleep over at his place tonight. Maybe it'll make him feel better. What, are you guys going to cuddle or something? Shut up. Hey, I'm not judging. I just thought you were into chicks. It's not... He's not sleeping at night. He's scared. I think he needs support. I can't go. My parents want me to stick around because my aunt's visiting tomorrow. Wants everyone there to make her feel more welcome. Right. Okay. Look, I'm sure Mike can handle it. I don't know, Vince. I'll give him a call, at least to offer it. Okay, sorry, dude. Try getting in touch with Richard or Brett. Maybe they'd go with. My calls out to other friends did little better. Richard just sort of laughed it off, and Brett, who was a stretch anyway, wasn't home. Finally, I got Mike, and he seemed relieved, even eager to have me over. His dad was going to be out for the evening, and he didn't want to be alone. I got my stuff together and went back to Mike's place, felt weird doing the whole sleepover thing because guys didn't do that sort of stuff when they were my age, or so I thought at the time. But I didn't care. I wanted to figure out what was going on with my friend. Anyway, we spent our time playing games and chatting, eating snacks, drinking pop, that sort of thing. I tried to stay positive and keep the mood upbeat, but as I got later, Mike became even more subdued and resigned. He stopped smiling, stopped talking kept glancing out the windows nervously. Soon my energy was drained too, and I got my sleeping bag set up on the floor of his room. I don't know about this, Dan. Trust me, man. You need to get some sleep. You know I can't. You'll see. They haven't come yet. And this time, they're going to get in. That's why I'm here. How can you stop them? I don't know. But if they start to push in, I'll help you push back. When do they normally show up? It changes. It it, it changes. It's it, it's not always the same window. Sometimes they, they come earlier than this. I don't. One time, I went to the couch downstairs, and they were there too. Is it always the same hands? I'm not sure. There's there's so many. It's. It's always kids, though. It's always kids. They're pressing their palms against the glass, whispering. Sometimes I see their faces. That's why I close the curtains. Then we won't see them coming. We'd hear them, though, right? If that happens, then we get up and we do something about it. I'll stay up and listen to them, I promise. Thanks, Dan. You have no idea. We stopped talking after that, and soon enough, I heard Mike's breathing change, like he was asleep. It was a relief that I could put his mind at ease a bit, but now I couldn't get my own imagination settled. I didn't really believe what Mike was saying. I was just trying to help, but now all the things he'd said kept floating in my head in the dark. I was constantly aware of every creak and groan the house made, glancing at the curtained window, 
listening for the voices of a multitude of children. Eventually, my restlessness kicked my bladder into gear, and all that pop we'd drank caught up with me. I got up and headed down the hall to the bathroom as quickly as I could, since moving through that dark house made me nervous. The hell? Mike, where are you? Right away, I called 911 and got the police over, reporting a break-in and missing person. They got there right away, but there was no trace of Mike to be found. The cops asked me, Vince, and Richard a ton of questions, and people from the Center for Missing and Exploited Children came and asked us more. I'm sure I look guilty as shit, but... When I said I didn't know what happened, it was halfway true. They were looking for some pervert that had abducted Mike, so no matter how hard they grilled me, they couldn't get any information relating to that. So of course they finally gave up. He was on milk cartons and missing children TV shows, but to this day, he's still an unsolved case. After it was all over, I went to the library to do some research. In those days... While the internet was a research tool, it was only for rocket scientists or people who could afford a $5,000 computer. I didn't find much, though the closest thing I think is related to something I discovered later in my junior class on world history. Apparently, Egyptian priests used to seal themselves in coffins for just long enough to almost die. They would then be resuscitated so they could relate the things they saw in the netherworld, while dead, to the other priests. I can only figure that perhaps the electricity in the air or the weather made Mike go under deeper than we ever had gone and gave him experience like what the Egyptian priests had. But Vince knocked me out too, in almost the same spot where Mike was standing when I did it to him. Could he have just been more receptive to the call of that other place? Or had knocking my head on the ground somehow jostled me free of their hold? I don't know. And I don't think I ever will. But sometimes, it still makes me shiver. We never intended for this to be a cautionary tale, but even so, 
It's best to consider what might be at risk before you do something reckless. It might haunt you for years to come. And as for Mike, well, only a handful know what really became of him. <laughs> Until next week, Lean. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Marinera is a bi-monthly podcast written, produced, directed, and mixed by David King. This episode featured the voice talents of Edward Stafford, Sean Holt, Ty Lucas, Ben Spiegel, and Sam Brady. The Hands is based on the original short story attributed to Unseen Wombat. Comments, suggestions, fan art, fan fiction, fan affliction? Feel free to leave feedback wherever you listen to this, or email us at midnightmarinera at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.